you want to learn more about effective management, head over to madsingers.com and sign up for my free management training. Welcome to the Mad Singers Management Podcast from madsingers.com, where entrepreneurs and business managers learn and share. If you like the show, don't forget to leave a review. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Today, I'm joined by Ron Nussbaum. Welcome, Ron. Hey, great to be here today. Thank you for having me. I am super excited for today's episode, Ron. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about leadership and management, as usual. Uh, But before we get started, there's people around the world who don't yet know who you are. Would you mind doing a little bit of an introduction so we can enlighten them? Yeah, uh, I'm Ron Nussbaum. I'm the founder and CEO of NutNest. We are a software startup that uh, is launching here in about the next 30 days. We will be live and uh, out in the real world and being utilized. Uh, I have over 11 years of experience in construction management from out in the field to uh, operations management. And I'm also a former United States Marine. Excellent, Ron. Excellent. So before we kicked off, we talked a little bit about generally working with younger staff, right? Like one of the key things today is that many companies want great employees. Well, every company wants great employees, I assume. Uh, But a lot of the time, it can be very expensive to hire very experienced staff that are already well qualified, right? So many companies end up hiring younger people that are just out of studies, maybe out of uni or college or whichever. But they end up hiring young people and a lot of people are struggling, right? So I definitely want to talk with you a little bit about that because you have managed a bunch of these people and relatively successfully. So I'm super eager to hear a little bit about your golden nuggets around this. Like what's the right way to manage younger people? And obviously that's being very generic, right? Because yeah, yeah. younger people are individuals. But uh, what, what sort of the things you've picked up on and learned that you think could, could benefit others? Well, you know, when you're dealing with a younger generation, it, it, it can go across spans. It's, I, I'm a younger person to somebody that's 55, 50 years old. Uh, and somebody that's 20 or 18 to me, I consider to be a younger person. I use the term kids all the time, even though they're not kids anymore. Uh, I think being able to bridge that gap by having some relatability there and opening the lines of communication because they're dealing with stuff that if you look back in your life, at one point in time, you dealt with that same stuff. It might've been in a different way because it was a different generation, but that uncertainty or those life events that are happening around that age, it's something you already dealt with. Whether you wanna admit it or not, we were all young, we're all young currently, and there's certain things that are always happening in your life that always, you, you can watch other people go through that. So one of the things that I do, because I'm a very direct leader, is I try to find some relatability there. How, how is my life experiences going to be able to help impact the situation? And when I say that, it's not about me telling my story. It's about listening to their story and being able to relate to that on a level that they can feel that, hey, Ron, he understands uh, what I'm going through and can kind of help me walk through this. Leadership and management isn't about talking, it's about listening and asking questions. 
Uh, I think that that's a key thing that people need to understand, especially when you're dealing with a younger generation. Uh, I think as I've watched, as I have gotten older and I continue to watch younger generations and my generation, and every generation wants to talk more and more. I look at like my, my grandparents and then my father and now myself and then looking at my son is everybody talks more and more. Like my dad talks more than his grandpa. I talk more than he does. My son's going to talk more than I do. So being able to be that critical listener and take all of that in, it's very important when you're dealing with a younger generation to be able to have those conversations. Because if you come in there like a bull in the China shop and just want to, you know, hey, I found my relatability point and then just drill that home about your past experiences, they're going to walk out of there and be like, well, Ron don't care. I mean, I've been down that road because I've done that. Yeah. I mean, this is everything that we're talking about. Is it stuff that uh, I just woke up and was the guru on one day? I don't even consider myself the guru now. This is all in the field training where, you know, I, I failed. I made the mistakes and I, I had employees leave because I wouldn't have that connection because I felt being relatable was being able to tell them my story about how I went through the exact same thing when that's not what being relatable is. Being relatable is being able to listen to their conversation, give them solid advice off your past experiences without telling them your story. And without telling them what to do, most importantly, right? I think absolutely. I mean, what one of the key things I always do is, and and a lot of time people talk about maturity and all this sort of stuff, and and I think reality is younger people probably get less mature nowadays because maturity often comes from challenges. And however absurd it might sound, the wrong way around it might sound. What happened is that you know if you go back thirty years. Like when people grew up, they had to get old much younger because they had to go out and make money earlier and they were forced to do things, right? And it forced them to go and explore some things that matured them. What's happening nowadays is that, you know, many, many kids or many younger people are being, let's call it coddled a little bit more in, in terms of a lack of a better word, right? So there may be certain challenges that they don't face on their own. And that somehow what, what tend to happen is that when you don't face as many challenges or when you face very different challenges, you, in that sense, you might not mature a lot, but there's many other areas where you might be a lot more mature. Right. But, but particularly as a leader, what I constantly see is that because a leader is often several steps ahead, they, they look at the problems new people coming into the business have and saying, Oh, that's so simple. Why don't you get it? You know, I got it five years ago. Right. But the whole thing, that's the whole point, right? Like, People need to go through problems to learn how to solve them. Um, and that's definitely what I see most, like when you, exactly as you explained, right? Like you want to give people the space to uh, make their own decisions, make their own choices. So they actually grow their confidence when they're learning. Yeah. And what's amazing is why you were just saying that I just had this, this, this thought that came to my mind that is the most of the time, this is the first time they're having this conversation with you. You've had this conversation a hundred, a thousand times with many people. This, this is a lot of times their first job. They're, they're going through emotions they've never felt before. 
And then you're sitting down having a conversation, trying to work through that, that a lot of, a lot of people just don't haven't ever had that in their life, especially from a leader or a manager's perspective. Uh, when you're talking possibly first or second job, uh, or say first job straight out of high school, first job out of college, you're when that career really starts to happen, these counseling sessions and working through this stuff, it, it, it's their first time. So, I mean, I would, I would say being direct about that and saying, hey, you know, I might have done this a thousand times. I understand this is the first time you sat and ever sat in this seat. And I want to be here to help you work through this because you're going to sit in the seat for a long time. Yep. That makes a ton of sense. And what what else and anything else in particular you feel is, is very useful? I, I always think about paint, painting the picture for the future. Because uh, one of the things when you're bringing in a younger talent is you want to help develop them throughout the company and develop a career and give them a career path. Uh, I'm a firm believer in never promising anything because that's when waters can get muddy and then people think they're entitled to something. But uh, painting the picture of what can be down the road as their career path continues to grow and how you want to be there and walk alongside them, why that's happening. That, 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 that's your job is to get them from their first time experience sitting here to where they're then having that conversation with the next generation and painting a picture that they can understand and see the vision. Uh, I think a lot of times that's where it becomes hard as leaders and managers is to be able to walk that line, uh, to be able to, to paint that picture and share that vision and not overpromise at the same time. Yep. Yeah, and that's, it, it, that's definitely, I can totally relate to that as well, right? Like it's when you find someone that's really good and extremely promising and so on, it's it, sometimes you get too excited as a leader and you're like, wow, this guy or this girl can change the business and they can do amazing things, right? And and it's so easy, as you say, to either overpromise or um, like, it, it, I, I've seen quite a few times where people kind of, put them into a new role in their head before, not just before they're ready for it, but maybe even something they're not interested in, right? Yeah. Uh, just as a leader, just because you see someone being great at a certain job doesn't actually mean they're interested in that job or in that role or whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, as leaders and managers, there's something we'll all guilty of at some point in time because uh, you you always think you know what's going to be best or how a person's going to operate. But uh, at the end of the day, if they're not excited about it, it it's going to be a disaster. And it's one of the fastest ways to ruin a great employee or in not get them to the next level. And that, that comes down to just having that transparency and having that expectations and having a clear conversation with them. So you understand where they want to go. It, it all comes back to that listening. When they, when they talk, you need to listen and not just tell your story or direct where you think their career path is going to go. They could be walking through your door thinking, especially nowadays, thinking this is going to be a six-month deal. I just need to check this box. And you could fall into that by just 
coming in saying, yeah, this is what we want you to do. Do this, do that. They do those six months and they leave. And then you have to find somebody else or they could come in and you could show them a completely different order by sitting down and listening to what they're saying to where they start to readjust is why am I only going to spend six months here? What, what am I going to go find somewhere else that I'm not, that I'm not getting here. And it, they're going to be able to ask you those questions that uh, building that confidence that they can have a conversation with you and ask you direct questions back as well. And knowing that they're going to get an honest answer, uh, I think is very important. And that can start to lead to that retention in keeping people around creating lifelong employees, which is just something we don't hear about anymore these days. Everybody's constantly changing. I'm a, I'm a very lawyer person. And I feel like if I invest my loyalty, uh, loyalty would come back from that uh, long term, short term. However, I have guys that have moved on to do other great things that I'm still in contact with today. And the only reason they moved on was because the timing wasn't right for us in our growth and they were growing faster than we could grow. So they moved to a better opportunity. And I, I have all the respect and the word for that because I, you know, what you were just talking about moving people into roles they're not ready for, they're not going to be a fit. I would rather see somebody go be successful than not be successful around me because then they're going to become jaded and not want to be involved with myself or the organization. And this has led to people going off, continuing to grow their skill set and coming back into a better role that fit them with more knowledge when we were ready as a company and they were ready as an employee as well. Yeah, I, I think that's that's such a good point, right? Like I see it all the time. Like I get it. Like if one of your best employees suddenly come and resign, that does not feel good. But I am very conscious of the fact when someone do it, I pretend my best to be as happy for them as I possibly can be, no matter what I feel like on the inside. Because there's a couple of lessons that I've learned, right? Like I've lived companies in the past, right? And there's definitely a couple of key lessons that I've learned, which is, again, exactly as you say, sometimes people go away, they do a job for a period of time and they realize, oh, wait a minute, you know, working for my old manager, that was a totally, totally different experience. This is not very cool. I want to go back. Or sometimes, again, they go and they're very successful. You then, meanwhile, grow even bigger or, you know, you end up in a job or you end up with a different business and suddenly you need them again. And then you can give them a phone call and say, hey, you know, last time around it worked extremely well. You are even smarter. You're even better. You know, I would love for us to work together again. And, and like, it works both ways. If you burn the bridges, like as an employee, don't ever burn the bridges when you're leaving a company because you, you never know, right? And at the same time, when you're an employer, like obviously there's situations where employees act extremely unprofessional, do things that you have to react to. But the whole point is that your reputation as a business, if you treat people who are leaving you like shit, and if you're like visually vicious visually angry at them and whatever when they leave then you know you're hurting your own reputation you're hurting your own future chances right yeah yeah i believe there's a big uh kind of a misconception on how you 
employers were taught to employees. Uh, when you're talking about if, if an employee is a bad fit, it's a bad fit. They, you know, you should have a counseling trainer. You should have all of that kind of stuff set up to help guide them out of the company. But when you have somebody that's a really good employee, you know what I used to hear all the time from uh, new new leadership, just people that are growing and wanting to move into leadership roles, would be, oh, you don't 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 burn this bridge. You're that'll be it. Like don't don't be out burning this bridge. I think e- employers have to look at it from a perspective of you don't want to burn the bridge with great employees. Because like, like I was just saying a little bit ago is they might not be a, a direct fit right now. But if it's a great person that's going to continue to learn and you're going to continue to grow your company, not burning that bridge and allowing a word where they can go out, experience somewhere else. Because if this is somebody that started, say they were 18 years old, they started with you, they've been with you for seven years and they feel they have a better opportunity somewhere else. And you know that's not true. They've been with you for seven years. There's no way this is a better opportunity. Uh, but they're going to want to go spread their wings and see what that's about because all they know is you. And if you're good and you've taken care of them and you've done everything you're supposed to do, they're going to come back because they're going to go out there and they're going to realize that ABC contracting was a crapshoot and they had nobody that would listen to them over there just because that's what most places are. I think we can look around. If somebody's listening to this podcast, they're, they're looking to get better and grow. And no matter what industry you're in, your competition probably isn't doing that. Probably 80% of them is not doing that. So if that employee leaves and goes somewhere else, they're not going to get what you're what you're giving them on a daily basis, whether they're looking at it solely from a money perspective or a quality of life perspective, that's all stuff that, you know, can be negotiated at some point in time, but let them go spread their wings, but don't burn that bridge as an employer, because when that sucks over there, the last thing you want them to do, or the last thing I would want them to do is be like, Hey, I really want to go back, but I can't call Ron. He was a complete ass. Like, I, I can't. I'm not going to go back there. You don't want that. You want them to feel that they can reach back out to you and be like, hey, I thought this was a good move. It didn't work out. I would really like to come back. Can we sit down and interview again? And and for me, like, over over my corporate, like, both my corporate career and my my running my own companies, right, like I've had multiple people do that exact thing. I've had multiple people that have come back like so much better, like having learned a ton of skill, but just so eager to work with me again. I've also seen where, you know, people have been a little bit, not grumpy, but you know, they've felt that they could do better. They want to do something different, going out, finding a new job. And after six months coming, running back saying, Hey, you know, I, I realized this is the best place on earth. Right. And, and at the same time, I have, I've had employees who have been offered to more than double, sometimes triple their salaries who have not even considered it. Right. Because, again, when you do manage them well, when you do take good care of your employees, it just makes such a huge difference. Right. Like it's, it's easy to think that people are naturally motivated by money. But reality is m- most companies don't have unlimited money. Right. 
but but with good leadership there's definitely things you can do that you know that are so much more attractive for people than than anything else and and this is the thing most companies unfortunately which is what we are trying to change here but most companies unfortunately haven't understood leadership training and development very well right and it's one of the it's one of the saddest things for me because you know the better leadership there is around the world the better people feel right i mean most yeah. people i've ever spoken with have had a bad manager and most people have had a boss that they well they could learn from what not to do but uh, really particularly as a young person but but even as a more grown adult like if you want to grow and get the most out of yourself if you actually have a boss that trusts you and believe in you and let you do amazing things like you know your growth and your development is so much further and faster no matter what you're doing right yeah i mean it's it, it, it's amazing i i think if a lot of people or just managers and leaders would just be themselves and be, be who they're meant to be instead of trying to be somebody they're not because they feel like that's how they should be and or they had a bad leader and they're like oh now i'm doing try to reverse this but it's way over the top like you know just understand your personality if if you're a leader and you haven't you don't haven't taken personality uh a test and stuff i mean i highly recommend that because that's that's going to allow you to understand who you are as a leader and then step forward into that don't be afraid of it uh, and then to what you were just saying about people coming and going that we talk about like net promoter score with customers, that same thing happens with employees. When they come back, I had employees come back and they would be the biggest advocate for your company and to work there and bring people in and keep, keep people off of that fence because now they've been there. So now if you have somebody that's having that conversation with you, you can be like, hey, you need to go talk to Sam. Uh, I don't, I, I, I've been here. I don't, I don't have that experience. I would love to be able to guide you in what your next steps are and if you should stay here, go somewhere else. But I just, I don't have experience with that. But I know Sam over there did. You should go talk to him. And then that's all, that's all for you because they don't want to hear you. They know what your pitch is. They've been around you. You know, you, you want them there. So they know what you're going to say to try to help keep them there. But they're going to go over to Sam and Sam's going to have a heartfelt conversation with them because he did leave. And he's going to be able to tell them what the pros and the cons and why he left and why he came back. And that starts to create that lifelong employees that are going to stick around. Because what I found is once somebody leaves and comes back, they don't leave. They stay there. Yep, 100%. And that's... Especially with the younger generation. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely, Ron. Right. Super interesting conversation. Super interesting conversation. Uh, I think I think this is the key about leadership, right? It, it's just learning to be a leader. I'm like yourself. I'm a, I'm a huge believer in, in particular behaviors. And, and I, I teach every client I ever work with, I, I teach them uh, the DISC mythology specifically. Yeah. But I, 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 there's lots of good personality tests out there. I think... Fundamentally, the key thing as a leader, it is not necessarily learning how to change. It's learning to embrace your strengths and weaknesses and learning how to get the most out of the strength you have more than necessarily to try, as you said, trying to be something you're not. Because where, when, where most people, where I see most leaders fail, 
is because they, they look at someone around them and they're like, I want to be like him. I want to be like her. But from a personality perspective, they're totally different person. And the thing is, if you're like, you're a super direct guy, if you're a totally different person and you're like, wow, you know, Ron is amazing. I love his directness. If you're trying to be super direct, but you're not, or you're super uncomfortable being it, mm -hmm. then you're never going to be a good Ron. Right. Yeah. No, it, it comes across fake. I mean, I couldn't agree more because that everybody feels they need to try to put this persona on to go out and like, I'm going to be this big leader. I'm going to be this manager and try like it's in you. It's natural. Just step into it. And I, I love the disassessment. I mean, I, I think a disassessment is something everybody should do. And not only from a work perspective, but, you know, sit down with your spouse and go over your disassessment. I mean, this is, this is fundamentally who you are. And then step into that because that you're going to be happy and the people around you are going to be happy because they're going to know you're real at that point in time. They're not going to feel this disconnect. Like you're trying to be somebody else. Yep. hundred percent, hundred percent. Excellent Ron. That was a really good conversation. And I think uh, hopefully lots of valuable information for the audience as well. So thank you very much for joining me today. If people are eager to get hold of you or get to know more about you, what's the right place to do so? So you can find me on LinkedIn at Ron Newsbaum. Uh, my email is ron at nutnest.com. Uh, feel free to reach out to me, connect with me. Uh, I love having conversations with people. I love sharing knowledge. Uh, I'm not afraid to you know, be out there in the trenches and help people through some stuff. So uh, yeah, feel free to connect. Perfect, Ron. Thank you very much for joining me today. That was fantastic. It was. Thank you for having me and uh, great conversation. Fantastic. To the audience, thank you very much for holding on all the way to the end. We'll be back again next week. Thank you for listening to the Mad Singers Management Podcast. Please leave a review. It means the world to us. You can also learn more about management at madsingers.com.